Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome back to me. Welcome back to you. Welcome back to everybody piling into the comment section already here on YouTube and around Facebook and Twitter. What's up, Scott Blakely? What's up, Richard Rush? What's up, Jason Taylor? If you're in the chat room and uh, I don't see you yet, please do me a favor and wave or say hi or do something to that effect. But it's so good to have every single one of you. Welcome to the Overreaction Sports Podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast and Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of this here show. <laughs> Been on a little bit of a hiatus, if you will. And I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of wish the league season started a little bit later. I was enjoying the break, fam. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was enjoying the break. Uh, it just, uh, it, yeah, it's nice to ha- not have to worry about doing a show on Sunday. <laughs> I'm just being, I'm just being honest. But uh, it's good to have every single one of you with me as we're going to kick off the league year, kick off 2022 officially. Uh, who else we got? EB is in the room. I'm trying to scroll down here but for some reason it won't let me scroll down on my screen i apologize i see uh uh harith missouri brian bowers i see c Fitz. i see jason humbert i see eb is in the room so yeah i don't know what's going on with my uh my other screen here but it's uh it's not working too well but as we always like to say here on the overreaction sports podcast whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your airpods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now Let me just say one more time, welcome. Do me a favor, make sure if you are on YouTube to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel here, Buffalo Rumblings. We are Super Chat Live, and we do have our first Super Chat. It is from Scott Blakely. What's up, Scott? Good to have you a part of the show. What are the chances we go after Chandler, and should we? Chandler Jones. I'm going to be talking quite a bit about Chandler Jones in this here show. So, Scott, do me a favor, just be a little bit patient. What's up, Robbie? I see Robbie, Brian Bowers is in the room it's good to see all of you guys crazy killer 30 what's up t estelle my sister from another mister it's good to see you the swami is in here scott lap is in here it's good to see all the old folks returning uh dan agorman good to see him sure chandler jones we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff but uh so this is the one thing that i know and i've got to i got to make some tracks here and what i mean by that is i gotta get going because i when you don't do a show for six weeks and you're effectively muzzled you end up putting together way entirely way too much content <laughs> and I have a lot of content. So this, I, this isn't a two-parter. I've got one show and then the John Fina show, the off tackle with John Fina show is tomorrow and the, at 9 PM. And uh, yeah. And then we'll kind of, and then free agency starts Wednesday, but here's the thing. So this show going forward, mark your calendars and put it in your, I don't know if you put it in your phone or just pencil it, etch it in your brain. This show from now on, the overreaction podcast from, from here forth going forward is going to be at 8 p.m. on Sunday nights live. So I'm actually going to move it back from 9 p.m. to 8 p.m. for a lot of reasons. Uh, but uh, just keep that kind of in your mind. But let's get to some NFL stuff. Breaking news. Isaiah McKenzie, as of about an hour and a half ago from the time that I went live, before I went live, I should say, Isaiah McKenzie has resigned per the Buffalo Bills, per, per Isaiah McKenzie himself, and, of course, Adam Schefter. To a, he is resigned to a two-year deal. The details of that contract are not out yet. My guess is, looking at other contracts, he's probably going to make between seven and a half and eight million dollars a year. That's just a guess. It could be a little bit more. It could be a little bit less. More breaking news: literally a half hour or forty-five minutes before I went live on the show, Tom Brady is officially coming back to the NFL to play in his twenty-third season. Both of those things change the landscape for for free agency in the NFL. Both Isaiah McKenzie for the Buffalo Bills changes the landscape of free agency. 
And uh, Tom Brady coming back changes the landscape of free agency for the Buffalo Bills. And unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know what I'm inferring or alluding to already. Jeff King in with the Super Chat. Jeff, so good to see you, buddy. Joe, always a pleasure. Hope things are well. Things are great, my man. Uh, Jeff and I actually talk offline often. Uh, Jeff has become a good friend of mine. I appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, so this is uh, what's going to happen as well. So oh, the Endless Mountain Derelicts, I love that name, Has uh, he said he's already heard $8 million for Little Dirty. So, yeah, so somewhere between that six and a half, seven and a half to eight is probably what my guess is going to be. Real quick, I did tell you before we get started and before I start going through this free agency frenzy con, uh, content that I have before the official tampering period begins, tomorrow or today if you're listening to this in podcast form march 14th at noon um this is a podcast i'm recording a podcast so if you want to get my attention if you've got a comment or a question for me please do me a favor you don't have it, the super chat just glows what happens is it shows up on my screen hot screen highlighted and gives me the opportunity to see it better Sometimes the, the comments get rolling so fast, I can't see them, and I'm concentrated on my notes. So I'm not ignoring anybody, please. I know I say that a lot, but just I love all you guys. Appreciate your support. Appreciate you being with me, with me here on a Sunday night uh, after a Buffalo Sabres win over the Toronto Maple Leafs, oddly enough, uh, which is really, really great. So, but, uh, so before we start, <clears throat> even though we've already started, before we start, before we start, the AFC has become an absolute arms race. An absolute arms race, more centrically, in the AFC West. It is unbelievable the players that are coming to the AFC overall, and especially that AFC AFC West division. Teams in that division are gearing up to beat the Chiefs. It's it's an obvious situation. The Raiders want to beat the Chiefs. The Chargers want to beat the Chiefs. The Broncos want to beat the Chiefs. Everybody in that division wants to beat the Chiefs. But make no mistake, make no mistake. At twenty four and nine in the last two seasons and two-time AFC East champions, the Bills are also a team that people are chasing as well. Also as well, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. And let's be honest one more time, these two teams are not that different when you look at their quarterbacks. Both of them are kind of set up quarterback-centric and looking to beat you. So it's it's interesting when you look at what the Denver Broncos have done, giving away, I don't even know, to me, I don't know, people say that the, the, Se- the Seahawks fleeced the Broncos, people say the Broncos fleeced the, the Seahawks, I'll be honest, that's a lot to give up. Two first, two seconds, a quarterback, I think uh, Noah Fant, a first-round dra- draft pick and Noah Fant. There was a lot that they gave up to get Russell Wilson, who's an aging quarterback, and let's just be honest for a second, hasn't done a whole lot in the NFL in the last several seasons. He hasn't looked great. Now, whether you want to blame that on Pete Carroll, whether you want to blame that on the franchise, whether you want to blame that on Russ, I don't know, or the offensive line there. I'm just telling you, that doesn't look like a great deal to me. However, you know, Russell Wilson with Cortland Sutton, <laughs> Devontae Williams, and, and that team that he's going to have there is going to look a whole lot better than he did in Seattle uh, with, with the team that he had in Seattle. At least in my opinion, I like Denver's squad a little bit more than I like Seattle's squad. But the AFC is, is, is a race. You know, obviously the, the Chargers went after Khalil Mack. So they've got now Khalil Mack and they've got Joey Bosa on that uh on that defensive that defensive line and what's funny to me is just that not only are guys moving on the cheap but it's funny to me to watch bills fans reactions just to some of these things because 24 hours before khalil mack gets traded to the chargers bills fans and bills mafia all over the place are like oh my gosh give me whatever it takes give me khalil mack i don't care what it takes bring khalil mack home to buffalo khalil mack gets traded for a bag of hockey pucks to the chargers 
And all of a sudden it's like, he's way too old in his contract. Who wants to take on that contract? Thank God the Bills does that. But first of all, Cleo Mack is 31. He's 31 years old. And yes, I know he's had some injury things as far as that goes. But let's keep in mind of a couple of things. The, Bra- the Bears, rather, did not use Khalil Mack the way that the Raiders used him. They schemed him completely different, which is a big part of his production loss. But when it comes to his age, he's 31. Chandler Jones, who all of Bill's Mafia now covets, he's the, well, him and Daniel Hunter, I have the, 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 the bullseye of the target. Th- Jones is 32. Micah Hyde is 31. Jordan Poyer is 30. Meanwhile, Khalil Mack at 31 is just too old to be a Buffalo Bill. Uh, we already talked about Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. If you have not heard, four-year, $200 million contract. Okay, I don't understand what's going on there, but it is it is what it is. What's up, Apex? What's up, Amanda Davey? Just kind of looking through here. Uh, John, oh, I've already talked about John. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. Diggs. Good to see you. So, um, so this is what we know. So getting to the Buffalo Bills free agency as I've kind of raced through some of that just NFL news stuff. This is what we know. The Buffalo Bills uh, are under the cap currently, just just under a million dollars under the cap. They've got $6.3 million million in dead cap money, which is actually really good, in my opinion, when you consider where the Bills were when Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over. They're at $208 million, roughly. Uh, the top 51, and I pulled this off of a website. I don't remember where, why it's giving me the top 51 players, but they account for 201, which I guess makes sense. Uh, they've got $855,000 in cap space, 855821 The offense comprises of nine, $95.32 million. The defense, $103.395 million. Keep in mind, everybody, uh, Josh Allen's uh, major contract extension has not hit the cap yet. And as I said, they're at three million, three point, or I'm sorry, six point three million in dead cap money. The Bills are under the cap. That's all that matters. And they're going to get more under the cap or further under the cap, as the cap is one of those things that can be. I don't want to use the word ma- manipulated, but you can do things that you need to do to effectively get through the cap and get through free agency. Period. And Joe Marino, if you've not caught it yet, on Friday dropped a podcast on Locked On Bills, and it was in. Uh, correlation, not correlation, but it was in uh, uh, cooperation with Greg Thompson, who did a lot of research for for Joe between the two of them, just to kind of confirm that some contracts. We're going to talk about a couple of those here in a second. Uh, but how did the Bills get to uh, being under the cap? Because they were, what, I think six or seven million over. Well, first thing they did was they cut AJ Klein, right, which I think saved five million dollars. They also cut John Feliso, which saved three point three million dollars. Uh, and then Matt Hawk, Re, they restructured Matt Hawk. Don't ask me what is going on there. We've had a lot of conversations. This is where I'm going to fall on Matt Hawk. I get, understand completely the importance of having a guy that can hold for your place kicker. Tyler Bass, you can make an argument, is better with Matt Hawk than he potentially is with anybody else. Say Corey Bohorquez. We saw it. Corey Bohorquez was not a good holder. The problem is, is Matt Hawk is not much of a punter. He's not very good at all. We watched it happen. He kind of hurt the Bills several times last year. I've heard a rumor that the restructure is set up so that if they they lowered his number and it makes it easier to cut him late. If that's the case, fine. That means that expect competition. But I was I, this is where I want to go with Matt Hawk. I don't know why it's so weird to think about, outlandish to maybe get your head around or why nobody's ever done it. When it comes to special teamers and specialists in general, we have seen the NFL and teams do many times have a specialist at kickoff, right? So they've got a place kicker who kicks field goals. They've got a punter 
Uh, and they've got to, you know, sometimes if, they, if the place kicker, it doesn't have a super strong leg, what they'll do is they'll put a guy on the roster that can boot the ball at the back of the end zone. The Bills had one with Bjorn Nitmo a million years ago. There's a name from the uh, from the archives, right? Bjorn Nitmo. First guy I ever saw kick a ball out of the end zone. It was pretty incredible. I think it was like 18 or 19 when it happened. But I don't understand why it's too hard to fathom or understand why Matt Hawk couldn't be a specialist on this team for a little over a million dollars a year where all he does is hold for kicks. I'm not I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, not telling you that it's conventional. I'm not telling you that it's a great idea. But we also are living in an age where backup quarterbacks aren't holding for kickers anymore. I don't understand that either. Why does it always have to be the punter? There's politics and things that play inside the NFL that we'll never know. Um, but for me, if Matt Hawk stays on this team just to be a, a placeholder or a holder of the football for the for 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 uh, Tyler Bass, and he makes a little over a million dollars to make sure that Tyler Bass is true, I think I'm okay with that. If I'm gonna, if, I mean, he, that seems more relevant to me than having a guy that's there just to kick the football, like kick it off. Like if you're a place kicker, I'm thinking of like Robbie Gold and some of the older guys. It might be a bad name. I don't know if Robbie Gold's the right guy or not, but just I'm just talking about just Matt Hawk in general. So if he ends up on this roster and they bring in another punter, I, I don't. The whole thing's confusing. I, I could talk myself out of that whole entire scenario at the same at the same exact time if I'm just being real with you guys. But, anyways, expect t- competition. I don't think for one second that uh, that that conversation is over with Matt uh, Matt Hawk. Uh, as we said, John Feliciano was cut. AJ Klein was cut, and the Buffalo Bills have given Cole Beasley permission to seek a trade. Cole Beasley, if they cut him today, is basically worth $6.5 million against the cap. So they're going to save six point five, which immediately puts the Bills at about $7.5 million under. This is what I think happened there. The Bills went to Cole Beasley and said, hey, we want to keep you. However, we don't want to keep you at this number. How would you like a couple more years? Cole Beasley probably said, no, I like making whatever it is, $8 million or $7 million a year. I don't think as well that Cole Beasley likes New York State. I'm not saying he doesn't like the Buffalo Bills. I think he loves the Bills. I think he loves Josh Allen. I think he loves his franchise. I don't think he likes living in New York State. Why? Well, Cole Beasley's from Texas. Cole Beasley started his professional football career in Texas. What does Cole Beasley or what does Texas not have? State taxes. <laughs> State taxes, when you're talking 10 to 15% on $8 million, is a lot of money. So if, if Cole Beasley can find himself in a position where he can work a trade and, and end up back in a southern state, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, one of those places with no state tax, he stands to save a whole lot of money. So therefore, Cole Beasley was probably, he probably told the franchise, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take a pay cut. Uh, therefore, the Bills told him to go ahead and seek a trade. As of this moment, we have not heard anything. I doubt highly that you're going to see a trade for Cole Beasley. That's just my thoughts. So the Bills probably more than likely are going to cut him. What I'm going to do real quick, Eric Lambert says, just a holder. I know it's not conventional. You heard me say that. Don't make fun of me. He's got a whole bunch of LOL emojis up there. I'm just saying, if you can have a specialist that all he does is kick the football off, why can't you have a specialist that just holds a football? Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, unrestricted free. I'm going to go through the uh, free agents real quick. Real quick, I'm going to like fly through these things uh, because we're already, what, 17 minutes into this program. So restricted free agents, the only one the Buffalo Bills have is Ryan Bates. I expect the Bills to re-sign Ryan Rick Bates. Unrestricted free agents, Isaiah McKenzie is off that board. He is now signed by the Buffalo Bills. Ike Bucker, Taiwan Jones. And then when we've got uh, just names that you know, and I've got a couple salaries for them, Jerry Hughes, Spot track has him at two years, $6.2 million a year. 
or I think that might be six, yeah, 6.2 million a year. Levi Wallace, three years at 28 million total. Harrison Phillips, Phillips, two years, 10.8 million. That's for both years. And then Justin Zimmer. Uh, again, I'm going through this stuff kind of fast. This is kind of like a, a, a recap of a show that we did towards the end of the season. Cuts or restructures on this build. Bill's football team, Stefan Diggs, Mitch Morse, Jordan Poyer, all eligible. Uh, they can save $9 million, uh, $8 million if they restructure them. Jordan Poyer, uh, $7 million. Micah Hyde, Cole Beasley, we talked about. Star, Daryl Williams, I think those are cut numbers is what I've got here, actually. AJ Klein, Daryl Williams is a hot topic for a lot of content creators. Bill's, Bill's content creators want him want to cut him outright uh, to include Joe, Joe Marino. Uh, Mongo Feliciano also, also cut. AJ Klein, I think I said cut. Cody Ford, they say $1.5 million for cutting him. I'm not going to get into those figures. You, well, I'm not going to go back. You can look them up. So here's the thing. <clears throat> what the Bills are in need of is, is cap space, especially when the tampering period begins tomorrow at noon or today at noon if you're listening on Monday, Monday, 12 o'clock. And then the official free agency opens at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, the 16th. Is that right? The 16th. There is an ability to create cap space. We've seen the Buffalo Bills do this as they move from being way over the cap, not way over, but over the cap to just short of a million dollars under. Again, it's not manipulation. It's just smart cap management. And I'm not, I, I, I don't know enough about the cap. Greg Thompson is the ace when it comes to this kind of stuff. I don't know enough about it to really explain the void years and all that kind of stuff and how they move money around and how, if you guarantee this money now, it like lightens the cap it to like now and later it's, Dude, I'm not that I'm not that into math. I apologize. It's just not necessarily what my strength is. I just know that you can maneuver the cap enough to get yourself around. And I believe Joe Marino in his scenario got the bills over $30 million in cap space. I think it was 38 or something like that, which is a lot. It's significant. And to be frank, it's probably enough. And if I was to give you an example, as a lot of people like to get angry about the fact that anybody that talks about manipulating the cap or the cap isn't a real thing, they get angry. Let's go having a real thing. Well, Aaron Rodgers just got signed, as we talked about a second ago, by the Green Bay Packers for $200 million. The Green Bay Packers are way over the cap. <clears throat> they also franchise tagged Devontae Adams. So they're on the hook for two players for about $70 million. And they're already over the cap, or they were over the cap. So they've got some work to do. Space can be created to give you some of that information. And I apologize, I am going fast. Joe Marino, after cutting guys like Williams, Daryl Williams, Beasley, Feliciano, Medikevich, and restructuring Dawkins, found $23.9 million. And then what he decided to do after that was restructure. Now, I'm not saying that this is what I would do. I'm going to kind of give you some thoughts in a minute. This is just what Joe was talking about on Friday. Go back and listen to his show. It was really good. Then after he created that space by cutting those guys, um, effectively what he did was he, he then went to restructure three guys, give them new contracts, new money to create more space. Those three guys are as follows. Stefan Diggs, a new six-year, $112 million contract would put him in line, which would put him in line with Tyree Kill, creates $8.6 million in cap space. Resigning Mitch Morse for two more years. Actually extending him, I should say. Uh, two more, two years, $20 million, creates another $3 million. Jordan Poyer for another two years, $25 million, creates another $3 million in cap space. So there are ways to do it. There's ways to get around this whole cap idea, this cap situation that you can be creative and make no mistake. Brandon Bean is a smart guy and he's got smart guys around him. The question is, is what are they going to do? Right? So we're on the eve, if you will, of free agency. 
The question is, what are the Buffalo Bills going to do, especially when we found out now that they have re-signed Isaiah McKenzie and Tom Brady is coming back to the NFL? Both of those things have somewhat of a significant effect on the Bills as it pertains to rumors, things that we've heard. We'll get into those here in a second. Before I do that, I have something to share with you real quick. Tomorrow evening at 9 o'clock or Monday night at 9 o'clock, the Off Tackle with John Fita show comes back to you live on YouTube and will drop us a pod on Tuesday. And here is a quick note, or I should say a quick word from the man, the myth, the legend himself, John Fina. Man, does the offseason suck or what? I can't wait for the regular season already. This downtime is killing me. But Monday night, the Off Tackle Show with John Fina, hosted by Joe Miller, special guest, Matt Perino. We're going to break down some of the moves that you've seen already going through the NFL. Bring your questions, and let's talk it out. Special show, Off Tackle with John Fina, Monday night, Buffalo Rumblings, Joe Miller, special guest, Matt Perino. Can't wait to see you there. Super awesome. So Matt Perino is going to be joining John and myself uh, to, uh, on Monday night at 9 o'clock live on YouTube. We're going to be talking free agency. A lot of the stuff, I mean, it's it's already going to be open for about, what, at that point in time, nine hours. So there's going to be some moves. There's going to be some headlines. We're going to talk about stuff. Hopefully the Bills will have done something. Uh, but uh, So make sure you tune into that. Uh, set your calendar. Do, do whatever you got to do. Make a note and uh, join us tomorrow uh, at 9 o'clock Monday evening, 9 o'clock live on YouTube. Let's do this. Let's real quick, let's real quick talk about just what I feel are the extreme needs for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm just going to kind of give them to you, and you guys can discuss them in the chat section, or you can kind of, you can super chat me if you want and ask me a question about another position if you want. But when I when I look at the Bills roster, <clears throat> excuse me, this is, this is, these are the immediate needs. The Buffalo Bills have one rostered quarterback, Josh Allen. As far as I know, they got one rostered tight end, Dawson Knox. They have needs on the offensive line. We would all agree. And they probably need to address some stuff at running back. Matt Breed is gone. Uh, I think Antonio Williams is gone. So at this point, Moss and Devin Singletary, the only two left. The wide receiver mix. Now, I have notes that I wrote prior to finding out that McKenzie re-signed with the Buffalo Bills. The guys that were apparently leaving or potentially leaving, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie. If those guys were to walk, and we now know that Isaiah McKenzie's not going to walk, he's staying in Buffalo, that would leave the Bills or would have left the Bills with Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah Hodgins, Stevenson, and touchdown Jesus, Jake Kumaro. That looks a whole lot different <laughs> than the last two seasons as it pertains to wide receivers. The wide, the wide receiver room in the last two years, it was almost impossible to get on the field if you were a guy like Jake Kumaro. This year, like a guy like Isaiah Hodgins. Now, all of a sudden, those doors are kind of wide open. Now, McKenzie being back in the fold helps. It also makes you probably realize or bet or want to believe that the Buffalo Bills believe that McKenzie is going to be able to fill some of that space, some of that void that Cole Beasley might leave behind. So now we're looking at Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Isaiah Hodgins, Stevenson, and Kumaro as the rostered wide receivers as the, as the Bills have re-signed Jake Kumaro. So, 
the question that I have, and I have another su- uh, quick super chat here from JR. Yeah, JR, uh, Brady just unre- announced he's unretired. Yep, we've got that. We actually covered that a little bit ago. Um, and I'm going to talk on, on a couple things on why, JR, that affects the Bills' free agency period, in my opinion. So we'll get there in a second. But thank you, bro, for the super chat. And, uh, yes, the eye roll is the correct emoji in this moment. So getting back to the wide receivers, it's going to be interesting to me. This is my take on the wide receivers. When you when you look at who the Bills have and you break down what I just said, staying are Diggs, Davis, Hodgins, Stevenson, Kumaro, McKenzie. Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Hodgins, whatever. Sanders gone, Beasley gone, right? When you look at that and then you and you couple that with the rumors that we've heard, which is the, the Buffalo Bills are looking to go get or looking to find larger tight ends that are very athletic and can catch. It makes me want to look back to Ken Dorsey and what his role is and what his fingerprint is going to be on this offense. We don't know at this point what Ken Dorsey's lineup preferences are. We don't know what Ken Dorsey prefers from body types. We don't know if he likes big guys. We don't know if he likes little guys. We don't know what he wants from the running back role. We don't know at this point what he wants from the tight end role. Now, here's the thing. Yes, I know he's going to be running Dable's scheme. But don't think for one second that he's not going to adapt Dable's scheme just a little bit to maybe fit some of his preferences, maybe fit what he thinks might work better. Obviously, to fit whatever the landscape in free agency looks like, what's available. You could say that you want a bunch of short, fast, wide receivers, but if you don't have or they're not available to you, it becomes a little bit difficult to try to force that on your offense. So I'm really excited to see as free agency plays out And then the draft happens to kind of see where the Buffalo Bills find themselves in some of these bigger bodies, especially rumor situations. Now on defense, the safety is a solid group. The safety group is solid. We know that. You've got to think about a quarterback, a cornerback, rather, CB2, and then maybe another cornerback to, to bring in or two to kind of compete. I expect at this point Levi Wallace to walk. The Buffalo Bills are in need at de- of depth at, at linebacker. Probably going to see that happen in the draft. The defensive line. And again, we're talking about, just to kind of re- re- remind everybody, we're talking about immediate needs that I see for the Buffalo Bills. The defensive line, the highest paid group in the league in the last two years running, and they were the most disappointing, in my opinion, and I think a lot of you share that opinion as well. We got Harrison Phillips, in my opinion, will be back on the defensive line as far as the defensive tackles. Star at Oliver. And I would like to see Justin Zimmer back, and I somewhat expect it. He's not going to be expensive. He's a high motor guy, brings his lunch pail to work. From a defensive end standpoint, a, an edge rusher, if no one is resigned, which means that Jerry Hughes is gone, Addison is gone, uh, we've got Groot, Epinesa, Boogie Basham, and that's it. Those are the guys. Those are the guys right now on this roster. So moves are going to have to be made, whether in free agency or the draft. Shwami, I see your uh, super chat. Do me a favor. If you want to go ahead and throw in uh, a comment, I'll I'll read it. Uh, uh, Oh, there it is right there. So Swami asked me, Joe, what wide receiver would you like to see us get? Uh Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming, my friend. Sit tight. Couple more minutes. Stick with me. Stick with me. Yes, Daniel Gowrie says D line overpaid underproducing. 
So moves are going to have to be made, especially on the defensive line, whether in free agency or draft. Obviously, and we're going to get to this too, Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter would be an amazing fit. I don't know if it's Daniel or Danielle. It's spelled Danielle, but Danielle seems strange, strange to me because it's Danielle has always been kind of a, a female's name. So I don't know if it's Daniel, Danielle, whatever. Mr. Hunter. We'll call him Mr. Hunter. In this moment, I just have here as a blurb that Daniel Hunter would be an amazing, amazing fit. Richard Greenwood says that uh, Star won't be good enough to make the 53. I disagree highly. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to kind of see where Star comes in, especially uh, coming off of COVID, which a lot of people, he lost his starting role due to the, the COVID stuff post after having it, and he kind of wasn't the same player through the rest of the season, and, and Harrison Phillips kind of came on and took his spot. But um, I uh, would be wild, wildly surprised if Star Latulale is not on this football team. So... It's, it's pronounced, oh, Adam uh, Faber says it's pronounced Daniil. That's different. That's different than I've ever seen it. Daniil. Daniil Hunter. Nice. Oh, there it is again. So Apex says Daniil. Or Daniel. Is that Daniel or Daniel? Anyway, Mr. Hunter. Um, so the rumors surrounding the Buffalo Bills, as I just gave you, right? I just gave you the, the immediate needs as Joe Miller sees them on both offense and on defense. The rumors surrounding the Buffalo Bills, one wild one a couple weeks ago or a week ago was Rob Gronkowski. You can pretty much assume that that ship has sailed, no pun intended, being that he's a Buccaneer. My guess at this point is he's going to go back to Tampa and play with Tom Brady if they can afford him, which I'm sure that they'll find a way how uh, a way to. The second one for me, as far as the rumors go, that we're going to talk about real quick is Saquon Barkley. In my opinion, Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the league talent-wise. Hands down, the best running. I know, yes, Christian McCaffrey is dynamic and he's electric. I still believe that when you when you stand them next to each other and you ask, Saquon can catch. Saquon is fast. Sa Saquon is enormous. <clears throat> he's got tree trunks for legs. I know that's not a talent, but regardless, he's got tree trunks. I believe, me, that Saquon Barkley is the most talented running back in the entire league. That's just my feelings. Yes, he's missed 22 games out of 65 possible that he could have played entering the league. However, he did have an ACL injury, which cost him 16-plus games, and several of the games, even after he returned, he was not 100%. He is not fragile, nor is he made of glass. Now, these this is just I'm, I'm just responding to the rumor because a lot of people don't like Saquon Barkley, and they don't want him necessarily on the team. I've seen a couple of polls, whether it was on Twitter or Instagram, who would you take? Would you take Saquon Barkley? Would you take... Christian McCaffrey, and everybody seems to be wanting to take Christian McCaffrey, who was legitimately legitimately made of glass. Here's the linchpin for me. If I'm going between those two guys, Saquon Barkley is going to cost the Bills, if they make a trade for him, in salary only, about $7.2 million, I think, is his cap number. Leonard Fournette is a, is a free agent this year as a running back, and he's not the number one running back available. Maybe he is. Regardless, Leonard Fournette is going to command as per sport track, $6 million in salary. If you're going to pay Leonard Fournette $6 million, give me Saquon at seven. And that's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. Now, I would pay Saquon Barkley $7 million. I got more on that in a minute. Evan Ingram is another one that has been rumored to be coming to Buffalo. This is where that conversation that I had about just Ken Dorsey and what he's looking for in body types. Because it seems like they're looking for a, a, an outside tight end body type guy. Right. But Evan Ingram is another one that's probably going to command a relatively 
large salary. I like Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is also another one of those guys. It's funny how they're on on the Giants. That there's a wide variety of opinions on Evan Ingram. A lot of people think he's not very good. This is what I would tell you. If you play fantasy football or have in the past and you had Evan Ingram on your team, especially when Eli Manning was the cornerback, quarterback rather, Evan Ingram was fantastic. He was a point getter, caught the ball, was always open, and was a solid target that Eli looked for all the time. As soon as Daniel Jones became the quarterback of the New York Giants, Evan Ingram vanished. That is a quarterback situation, not a player talent situation. I would take Evan Ingram on this football team. Again, depends on what they're going to pay him. Chandler Jones is the other rumor. Big rumors about Chandler Jones, right? From Rochester, New York. He went to Syracuse for college. Rumors are that he wants to come, quote unquote, home. He's also said recently that he wants to play in a scheme that he chooses or one that he believes he fits in. He said that, you know, he got drafted to the Patriots, played there, that was traded to the Cardinals. So in both those instances, he didn't really get to kind of pick or find a scheme that fit him well. So that's one of the things that are going to be important to him. Here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, he's listed as a linebacker. Yes, an edge rusher, but a linebacker. The Bills run a four, a hybrid 4-3 and a four, nickel 4-2. Four I just, I don't know if they're going to put him down on the ground like they did with Jerry Hughes with his hand in the ground. I'm not sure of the fit. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Daniil Hunter. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm going to quote straight from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. Multiple teams have called the Vikings to check the availability of defensive end Daniil Hunter. Hunter is due an $18 million roster bonus, I believe, today. And Fowler reports multiple executives across the league believe the Vikings would be willing to deal the 27-year-old, 27 years old, this kid. One of the best pass rushers in the sport in 2016 and 29, through 2019, Hunter accumulated 48.5 sacks in those four seasons before missing all of 2020 with a neck injury and then tearing his pec week eight of last year. Hunter is scheduled to carry a $26.1 million cap number in 2022. Trading him would free up over $14 million for the Vikings. Here's the thing. You bring this kid in. My guess is, is you're going to get him for a bag of pucks. It's going to be a roster dump, right? A salary dump, just like uh, the the Bears did with Khalil Mack, just like you know we've seen around the NFL here recently. There's a lot of ways that this could work. I don't know that that $26 million cap number would end up sticking in Buffalo, meaning the Bills would do something. They might try to re-sign him or give him a new contract or change his contract a little bit to kind of free up some of that room. For me, the big thing about Daniil Hunter is that he's an edge rusher a dominant one who's young, potentially not even found his prime yet, and he's based in a 4-3 system, a 4-3 scheme, which is what the Buffalo Bills are. And the Bills want to win with the front four, rushing the front four. So you give me this kid, Ed Oliver, Starr, or Harrison uh, Harrison Phillips, and then p- pick one, Groot or uh, Epinesa on the other side, and I like my chances a whole lot better than what we've got right now. As far as offensive line, there's a lot of interior guys on the on the offensive line, interior linemen that are available, which brings me to kind of a – I'm kind of all over the place, and I apologize. Uh, just some thoughts on Daryl Williams. A lot of people want him cut. A lot of people want him cut just because the market is flooded. To me, I would use the market being flooded as leverage against Daryl Williams. I would let Daryl Williams know that we want to keep you. Daryl Williams did not play bad football last year. He was a solid right right guard for the Buffalo Bills. Solid right guard, especially next to Spencer Brown, who, by the way, is only going to get better this year. 
I would call Daryl Williams and I would say, look, bro, we can't keep you at this number. The options are this. You can either resign, like we can restructure restructure your deal, or we're going to let you walk. Now, keep in mind, the market is flooded with relatively good, two very dominant, but relatively good offensive guards this year. So more than likely, if you walk from us, you're not going to get the money that we're going to pay you anyway. So why not stay here with us and hang out with us for a little bit longer and see if we can make a Super Bowl versus going to a team that's garbage, like maybe Detroit, right? But I'd ask him to re- I'd ask him to restructure, and maybe the Bills have. Maybe the Bills have. So this is where I want to get into it, and I'm doing pretty good on time. And uh, we're going to talk about the free agents that I would target, which I know is what all of you guys are kind of looking for, and you've probably gotten a feeling for where I'm leaning with some of these guys already as I'm checking through just to make sure I didn't miss any super chats. Uh, before I do that, before I talk to you about the free agents that I would target, just some simple ones, uh, I do want to talk to you real quick about uh, the sponsor of this show, uh, John Spazcheck, the Market Dominator, actually the Market Dominator team. They are uh, real estate agents here in Western New York, and they are very good at what they do. Uh, they John likes to, to pride himself on being somewhat of an educator. So when you enter into an agreement with John as far as whether he's going to sell your home or they're going to they're going to help you buy a home, purchase a home, they do a very good job of just like educating you as the buyer on what you should be looking for, what you can do, what means what and how to do it. And kind of a, a big part of that is actually they're beginning the market dominator team, which is him and Scott Catillus now. They're actually opening a YouTube channel and uh, you can find it at Market Dominators Team. And there they're going to effectively be doing a lot of podcasts and videos on teaching people what they should be looking for when it comes to buying homes, what they should be looking for when they're trying to sell homes, uh, and just things that are going on in the market. I'm really excited for John uh, and the Market Dominators team for this. And last night, Saturday night, they actually had uh, an event, uh, Care and Love for Their Clients is what they called it, and I was there. It was it was fantastic. I've never been in a situation where a real estate agent bought out we went we went to strikers bowling out bowling lanes in uh in west seneca but he bought out a whole bunch of lanes there had a whole bunch of food had a whole bunch of giveaways and just basically loved on those of us that have used him in the past and it was it was a lot of fun and then tomorrow there's actually going to be a breaking press conference for the market dominators team that will be released on youtube as well so go to his youtube channel the market dominators team like and subscribe if you want to learn more about if you got, uh, you know, if you're looking to buy a home soon or sell a home and then uh, make sure you give him a call, him and uh, Scott, a call at 716-570-3298. That we're going to 716-570-3298. Now, free agents that I would target. Free agents that I would target. Quarterback. It's where we all want to start, right? Quarterback. The Buffalo Bills need not only one backup quarterback, they probably need two. So the first one they're going to do, the first thing they're probably going to draft a quarterback would be my guess in the late rounds. A guy they can bring in, kind of grooms, kind of see what happens with him. <laughs> JR. JR says Brady is a expletive delete. <laughs> now, from a quarterback standpoint, from the guys that are available, and I'm not going to go through, we don't have time for me to go through all the guys that are available at every position. So I'm just going to kind of give you the guys that I would go after real quick. Now, my heart says at quarterback to go after a guy like Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Tyrod Taylor would fit in this offense the way that he runs. Um, he seems to, in the last couple of years, have gotten more aggressive uh, throwing the ball over the middle and getting the ball out. Now, look, I'm not I'm not talking about letting this guy start. I'm not saying that he's going to come in and he's going to challenge Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the number one or number two quarterback in the NFL in the NFL. 
there's no way. I mean, we're not we're not talking about a situation where it's like, oh, Joe wants to bring Tyrod in here to compete against <laughs> Josh Allen. No, that's not what I'm saying. We're talking about a backup quarterback. Same thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who doesn't love Fitzy? If you're in a situation where you need four games, right? If Josh Allen's going to be out four games or two games, you need a quarterback to win half of those games. I think Tyrod in this offense, Ryan Fitzpatrick, could do just that. However, my brain does not tell me that Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Fitzpatrick are coming to Buffalo. My heart says that. My brain tells me that Kyle Allen is going to be the quarterback that the Buffalo Bills go after. Why in the world would the Bills go after Kyle Allen? Well, he has starting experience. Kyle Allen Allen has played in the NFL. He's played NFL football. He's not bad, right? 63% completions. The question is, as we talked about, can he win half the games he's going to play? I don't know. He's 7-10 and 10 as a starter, and he was on bad football teams at that. He's going to be cheap, <laughs> which is a really big word. And most importantly, him and Josh Allen are very good friends. So if you're going to throw a dart at a dartboard, make sure that dartboard for quarterback for backup hits Kyle Allen right in the face because more than likely that's the guy that's coming to Buffalo to back up Josh Allen. We can call him the Allen brothers. Running back. Running back. So we finally got there, Swami. We finally got there. I hope you're still with me. Running back. I'm out on McCaffrey. I think you probably already figured that out. I covet Saquon Barkley. Realistically, I covet Saquon Barkley. Like, for for real, covet that guy. I would love to see Saquon. I would love to see, I would love to do a... It's tough because we love our football team, right? And we love these guys. I, I, I'm i a fan of Devin Singletary, but I want to see Saquon Barkley catch every ball that Devin Singletary caught last year and see what the outcome is and see if it's different. It wasn't bad with Devin Singletary. But man, Saquon Barkley is just another level. So I love, I, I love, I covet Saquon Barkley, love him. However, Realistically, I'm not sure that either of those happen, McCaffrey or Barkley. I believe that the Carolina train to Buffalo stops at McCaffrey. I don't think he's going to make it to Buffalo. And I don't believe that the New York Giants train to Buffalo is going to start with Saquon Barkley. It might start with Evan Ingram as a free agent, but I don't think they're going to trade us Saquon. Realistically, thinking about who the Bills are going to bring in, bring me Cordell, Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson. That's the guy that I'm looking for to come here. And Jay Spence, the king, is also high on Patterson. Patterson, I think, is probably a little bit high on Buffalo. If you go onto Twitter right now and you tweet at him and tag him and say something about coming to Buffalo, he'll actually like your tweet. <laughs> he's also a solid return man. He's got gas in the tank. He's a big dude. He's dude. He's really fast. He brings something that's completely different than Moss and Devin bring. Cordell Patterson, or I would I wouldn't shake a stick at JD JD McKissick either. Either one of those two guys for me is probably where the Bills are going to land if I had to guess. If I had to guess. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. <clears throat> I don't know what I've written here. It says oddly I don't I can't read my notes. Oddly when you at guys available. I can't figure that out. I don't know what I was going to say there, but uh I think I was trying to say that uh, there aren't that many good guys available. And the funny part about them, there not being a lot of good wide receivers available out of a couple, right? Allen Robinson, Michael Gallup, maybe. 
I'm not sure that there's many there that you would rather have on this football team than Cole Beasley. I mean, that, that's one of the things that you have to think about in free agency. If the Bills bring in kind of a scrub wide receiver, are you are you happier with him than you are Cole Beasley? I'm just not so sure. And I know a lot of people are high on Christian Kirk. You're probably not going to be too high on Christian Kirk when you find out that he's expected to get $15 million a year. $15 million, That's just short. Just short of what Stephon Diggs is getting. Actually, I think it's more. It's just short of what Stephon Diggs is getting if you extend him. The guys out there aren't going to make your eyes pop, which to me explains why the Bills, I think, are targeting an elusive pass-catching tight end, right? I'm going to say that again. The the the, 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 the limited numbers, and there's guys, you guys are putting all your, your names in there, which is great. I like Chase Edmonds, and there's guys out there I would like. I just don't think that, stick with me. Christian Kirk is another is another dimension. I don't think the guys that are there outside of Allen Robinson and a couple other ones are better than Cole Beasley. Kirk uh, Christian Kirk is not worth fifteen million dollars in my opinion. The guys out there, as, as I was saying, are not going to make your eyes pop, right? Which is why I believe the Bills are looking at targeting an elusive pass catching tight end. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Gronk off the table. Evan Ingram, right? So Evan Ingram is available. He's a free agent. Zach Ertz, there's that name again. It's funny because there was a big, (laughs) before the season last year, we thought for sure the Bills were going to eat into the season, up to the deadline. We thought the Bills were going to make a move for Zach Ertz. The Bills didn't, and the Bills Mafia did what the Bills Mafia did. Oh, we don't want that guy anyway. After we spent three weeks wanting him, or four weeks wanting him. He goes to Arizona, and he actually played pretty well. He's got some gas in the tank. How about C.J. Uzama? who's kind of come out of nowhere. I don't think he's going to want to lead the Bengals. I think he loves being a Cincinnati Bengal. There's a lot of talent available at tight end, even with scratching Gronk's name off. The question is, what do the Bills need to complement Dawson Knox and Reggie Gilliam? Keeping in mind that Reggie Gilliam plays a little bit of tight end here and there. Frankly, the guy, if you want to know what guy I'm going after at tight end, Hayden Hurst. I'm going after Hayden Hurst. Big, fast, he can catch, and he's not going to break the bank. He's a grit guy. He plays with an attitude. He plays with anger. Bring me Hayden Hurst. And then draft a guy. We already talked about the offensive line. I would, like I said, leverage the the pool that's out there against Williams to see if you can get him to restructure. They're not going to get a guy like Scherf. Uh, he's going to be way too expensive. Uh, I would love Ryan Jensen. <laughs> Obviously, we have Mitch Morse, but Ryan Jensen's going to go back to Tampa now that Tom's returning. Um, if you're looking at a guy at guard, uh, Lakin Tomlinson would be a great, uh, probably a nice fit uh, if Williams doesn't stay. Defense, and I'm almost I'm going to be wrapping this thing up soon here. Defense, uh, you know, when for a defensive tackle, when Quentin Jefferson is ranked the number sixth defensive tackle available, you kind of know where that puts us. In my bet, in my guess, or if, if I had to bet, if I was a betting man, the Bills are going to draft the defensive tackle and probably find another rotational player. They're going to rely on Harrison Phillips, Starr, and Ed Oliver to cont- kind of continue to be that machine at defensive tackle. Probably move Boogie inside a couple times. Defensive end, we've already talked it. Daniil Hunter. 
I'm not, I'm, I'm probably out. I mean, it's Chandler Jones is the other edge guy, but I'm not sure. Again, as I said, if Chandler Jones is a fit in Buffalo based on the scheme, I guess it depends on what they're going to ask him to do. The bills don't really put linebackers in a situation where they're going to rush all the time. The bills don't have a Von Miller, Chandler Jones, pin your ears back guy. That's not what they do. The scheme doesn't fit it at linebacker. I mean, frankly, I just, that's not what I see happening. I mean, especially with Klein being gone, there's a hole there at linebacker. The Bills run a nickel 4-2 base, which we all know. Yeah, but Joey's an edge guy. I know he's an edge guy. But the base scheme matters. I guess for me, it all depends on how they see him. And, and as we talked about, if, if I'm if I'm looking for a guy, if I'm picking a guy to bring in to kind of fill that, that, that backup role or kind of be in that mix, that rotational mix between Milano and Edmonds, I'm probably looking at Bobby Wagner, which is a guy that we've talked a lot about on Twitter. He's got my attention. Again, mainly due to the scheme. And then cornerback. The only thing I can tell you about cornerback is this. Levi Wallace is ranked ninth out of 10 cornerbacks available in free agency right now. Nine, ninth out of 10, and he's expected to get three years, $28 million. If I had an expectation, the Bills are drafting a cornerback. I just I just don't see I don't see how you pay Levi Wallace even even if the market is bare and you know him and he knows your scheme and he does exactly what you want him to do I can't see paying Levi Wallace 3 years 28 million dollars I just can't see it It just it, that would surprise the heck out of me there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I have just now uh, put about three weeks of content inside of one episode <laughs> leading into free agency Monday. Mark your calendars. Get on Twitter and social media, wherever you get your Buffalo news or your Buffalo Bills news, your NFL news, even if it's the NFL network on the, on in the background. 12 o'clock on Monday, the tampering period begins. It ends. The tampering period ends on Wednesday at four o'clock and that's when the official signing period begins i'm going to be honest with you i hate this setup in this format i know the nfl bowed to or bowed to giving you know kind of removing that tampering thing because we all know that tampering was going on you know in situations in years past where at four o'clock at you know 401 on wednesday when the league year opens the Buffalo Bills and whoever else have signed these two guys and they're actually in the building and just signed their contract it's like how did you not tamper free agency opened five minutes ago. The dude is on, on site and he's already signed his contract. There's no way you were not talking to him for the last two weeks. So, so I know the NFL has put this tampering period in place to kind of absolve everybody from, from, from being guilty of tampering. The problem is, is it loses its excitement because everything gets announced. So there's a, I don't know if you guys, how many of you remember or are old enough to remember, you know, being really excited about what we were going to hear at four o'clock on, you know, the first day of the league year. But, uh, so anyways, tampering period begins on Monday noon and uh, the signing period free agency opens up on Wednesday at four tomorrow, Monday, 9 p.m. As I told you, John, uh, the off tackle with John Fina show returns with myself and John, a special guest, Matt Perino. We're going to be talking about all this stuff that we've just been talking about now. We're going to see uh, hear from Matt as far as what he thinks the bills are going to do, where he feels like the bills are going to be strong or they're going to be, you know, press and kind of like take stabs and take dives into free agency and maybe where they're going to hold back and maybe they're going to just kind of stick with the guys they have. And just from his opinion, I love Matt. Matt's a good friend of mine. Uh, John told me that Matt was his favorite beat reporter. So that's cool. So I'm glad we got Matt on the show. 
Uh, Tuesday, I believe Code of Conduct is going to return with at Jay Spence, the king. And then uh, we'll see about Wednesday. Uh, there may be a Humpty hotline. There may not be. I'm not sure as of yet. But ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I should I should like I should get it like do those arena shows. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Sports Podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Vidcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. It is so good to be back. It's so good to have all you guys back. Appreciate every single one of you guys. Until next time. And next time is tomorrow at 9 p.m. Until next time, go Bills. 